Here is the League Podcast, The Legend of G.I. Joe. I'm Matt Derson. Yo, Joe, Clay Inferno here. Clay and I recently had the opportunity to chat with uh, someone we hold very much in high regard, uh, Larry Hama, the writer of many of these classic G.I. Joe issues, and still to this day, comic book writer. He's working on Wolverine for Marvel right now, like the patch Wolverine. And G.I. Joe, a real American hero, which is... And G.I. Joe, American hero, so still... idea for this podcast. You know, yeah, he's, uh, with the exception of a few couple of issues, uh, he's written them all. It's insane, but great. We So we, we attended Wicked Comic Con, and he was appearing there and tabling, as they say, and we sat, didn't sit down with him. We stood, he sat. We stood Clay down got, with him. We stood yeah, down. we stood down. Clay got some things signed. It was mostly just a pleasure to meet him. He's a really interesting guy. He's had quite a life. He was in the service. He was he was in this warehouse where they keep all the guns that, that they use in movies. Because he was They're he like was part of GI Joe the movie, yeah, the, the live action. Well, the Snake Eyes Snake Eyes one, just now. The he most didn't consult one. or anything on the GI Joe live. Okay. Oh, I'm sure he did, but he had a. Yeah. What I mean, meant to say was, I I said that I was, I was walking away. I was like, your your cameo in Snake Eyes was awesome. I haven't seen you because it's been a pandemic. Because I had met him a couple times before. Uh, so he's always so nice. Excellent. Well, we told them we have a podcast, a G.I. Joe podcast, and he recommended a, a war movie that we watch. Do you remember the name? I don't even remember the name of the war movie. He'll, he'll get there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you just you don't spoil you don't want to spoil it all. That's L- right. Listen to the 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 legend of the masterful li- legend, living legend. That's hard to say. Living legend Larry Hama. Quite That's an right. alliteration there. But you did it. All right. Listen <laughs> I up. got through it. <laughs> hey, yeah, face front. A ten hut. A ten hut. place called the specialists they supply all the weapons for all the movies and movies that in the new york area wow that's so cool they have a huge a room bigger than this for full guns <laughs> and so you're like let me hold that yeah they have machine guns they have rifles they have they have medieval armor they have a parking lot with tanks and armor personnel carriers wow that's so cool that is cool there's a movie called The Story of G.I. Joe. Have you ever seen it? It's 1943, it says. Yeah, it's, uh, what's his face? Uh, Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Oh. Should we watch it? Is it worth watching? It's not bad. Oh, good. Yeah. This is more to the other podcast we do. Do you have any war movie recommendation? One war movie recommendation we haven't seen we should check out. <laughs> you haven't seen? Yeah, like well, just, you know, you know like just, just maybe like, yeah, maybe something that is not that popular or something you really love. There's an Australian movie called The Odd Angry Shot. Okay. Which is about the Australian SAS, Special Air Service, in Vietnam. Wow. It's uh, really good. Sounds and, I mean, I, I'm sure that's where you draw a lot of stuff from. It's like, 
war movies and what your personal experience of books and everything. War movies. First of all, I remember the, my first reaction when I, I got to basic training. Mm -hmm. I looked around and I said, Jesus, everybody is like a kid. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, we were all 19 years old. Yeah. But in every war movie that I'd ever seen, you know, everybody was 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, with like mustaches. Like, it didn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, it's oh scary. My God. It's oh my God. Yeah. And, you know, there was a, one guy who was like 22. Everyone <laughs> called him Pops. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, jeez. Well, should we get our selfie? And oh, yeah, we got a selfie. Let him get to drawing. Thank you so much for doing this. It's We're fun. honored, sir. Thank you. Yeah, we are definitely honored. We are huge fans. I'm going to turn this around. Yeah, it Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor, sir. Thanks for everything. And your Snake Eyes cameo was awesome, too. Haven't seen you since then, pandemic. But awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So here we are. We're going to cover three issues in our pod. The first two issues we did because those were key issues and they got their own. But we're going to cover a big three in through five. Of, in the interest of time and interest. Yeah. The interest but, of time. Uh, but I, I, I've said to you before, I'm sort of, it's not like I haven't read these issues, but I'm sort of a little far removed from these issues. But I did, when I got my grubby hands on them, I did want to find out what happened in these first ten issues for sure. When I finally got them. And I've read them oh, before. Oh, I'm with you. I didn't really start reading until like 13 or so. so. Oh, very well. Yeah, I'm. we're totally on the same page here. I mean, I did go back and read some of the early ones like as, as you As one as you does. Say. And I remember issue one, of course, being in the reprinted in the first yearbook. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like that, the, everyone's yeah. first taste, that stuff. Yeah. So these are the Marvel-run G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, Volume 1. Technically, I don't know. Like, they still call it Volume 1? Or this is, is it because this it's is IDW volume one. now? Yeah. Um, I don't know what the volume number is on IDW. That's a tricky... I have a whole book about the Real American Hero. It doesn't mention the IDW continuity in it. But I guess you yeah, would say... Just... Technically, it is volume one because it's the same story, and right. the num the numbers continue after one fifty five. Yeah, like the first it's just comic book nerdy stuff. So yeah, yeah, don't worry because of the, how they do numbering now. Anyways, you would call it volume one. It, ha it would have right. to be because they always do legacy numbering or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they do. But it's just funny because it's a completely different company. You know, yeah, yeah, it's not Marvel true. anymore. Uh, but Anywho, I guess that happens don't worry now. Your more... pretty little head about it. We're <laughs> if gonna there's move... like a creator-owned thing, like Bendis, like with Powers or whatever. I guess he has different right. volumes, but he moves it around to different publishers. Moves around different companies, but he usually starts over number one. I feel like. Yeah. So number yeah. three, September number three. This one is a. It, this is a classic. Sort of like the way this is the. I mean, it's hard to. 
imagine it because we're only in issue three. But I feel like this was sort of like it's like a standalone. This is what Larry Hama's vision was, I think. Single issue story. In fact, all three of these are that we're going to cover. We're like, you know, one adventure. And also a very bl- a blueprint for stuff that happens later on in like the seventies and the sixties where like Cobra's always trying to break into the pit and they get there. Some they'll get there. Sometimes they get in there and, (laughs) uh, you know, like it's kind of, they, they go back to this well quite a few times. Yeah. Like the first 20 issues or so, they didn't know where it was. That was the big thing. Finding the pit. Oh, the pit, where is the pit? And that's the big one in this one. So they, that starts off with GI Joe is, uh, Mopping up after like a battle, which we did not see, but they're you like, mind if oh, I do yeah, a... we beat those Cobras guys. Mind if I do a little creator breakdown here just before we oh, start? Please, because, uh, please, uh, script, uh, our, you just heard our interview with Larry Hama. Uh, Herb Trimpey on pencils. Jack Abel and Jack D'Agostano. I think they're both Jacks. And then editor Chief Jim Shooter? No, his name is John. His name is John. John D'Agostino. Yeah. Ah, J-O-N, John. J-O-N. Ah, Mm -hmm. yeah. There it is. So, there we go. We got to, you know, I think in the next couple issues, Herb Trimpey does, like, part of the plotting. But we will get there. But I think it's in the... I think you're right. Yeah, but we will get but there. Yeah, but they're, uh, they're, they're filling out. The, this is also another thing you see even like up, up in issue 50 where like Cobra has taken over like a high school gym and there's like Cobra banners and stuff everywhere. So ridiculous. Yeah. It's so funny. It is pretty crazy. Yeah, there's like all this like propaganda stuff in the background. Like my favorite thing is like there's this like stalker is like talking to whoever, you know, HQ you know, and they're like, any wounded is like Snake Eyes, like beat up six Cobra agents. And they like, I guess they insinuated that he has like a knife, you know, or whatever. And they say, he shouldn't be allowed to carry that thing. And all. I love those. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, how jokes. did he smuggle it in there? Yeah. They always make those kinds of jokes about like, oh, that's got to be against the Geneva Convention. It's always like a joke like that, I feel like. Yeah. That, it's like, how many things did I like look up? When I was reading Jojo when I was a kid, I was like, what's the Geneva Convention? You know, especially the Order of Battle. The Order of Battle is pretty cool. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so anyways, there's this there's this robot that they like supposedly defeated or whatever. Um, and like they they blew up the computer console that controlled it. And they're like, ah, so let's bring this back to HQ. The boys are from Aberdeen are going to come down. Like there's all these like references to things like, okay, they're going to come down and look at it, but they want to make sure like, there's nothing, um, you know, there's not like a bomb or anything or they're whatever. They got to examine this robot. So they bring it back to HQ and it's kind of a, this is another thing they did constantly through throughout the years of GI Joe is like, Oh, we got to sneak in because the chaplain's assistants you know, like are gonna be. <laughs> we can't go in the middle of day. You know, broad daylight. Yeah, there's there's classic interaction because <laughs> when they bring the robot into the pit, they are having like a social tea and the chaplain's assistant thing above them. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of interaction between the uh, the Joes upstairs that are trying not to uh, blow their cover, and then the whole team downstairs talking about. Crackle berries, crackle fruits, and 
Make yeah, bacon I don't even and know eggs. what that cackle fruit. I, I should we should look that up right now. I guess now. that's. I, I think it's egg. Was. It's egg. You I want think your it's just an egg. Yeah, it's cackle fruit. Run of your rubbery. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, Scarlet and Hawk are upstairs like hobnobbing, and anytime someone's like, "Oh, I heard something downstairs," and they're like, it "Oh no, it smells like just... bacon and eggs." That's what it's. Yeah, like no, no, can't be. Then that there's the just... ultimate. I have to say. Uh, it's not like we're going to go panel to panel, but on the same page, there. Uh, Flash, why does Snake Eyes always volunteer to clean all the weapons himself? And he's like, real simple. He doesn't want your weapon to jam if you're covering him. And Snake Eyes is there, like, polishing all the you know, It's always. Those jokes were just, like, perfect. That was just classic G.I. Joe. Like, you only. You never got that anywhere else. It was just. A, it was, like, such a nice innocence to it in a way. Like, yeah. He's, Totally. goofy jokes like <laughs> but but kind of like based in an ultra realistic you know kind of kind of basis you know what i mean like yeah do, i guess it shows it's kind of a little bit of the like a full metal jacket kind of situation there with snake eyes i guess without the angry drill sergeant it seems <laughs> it's a little more of like a yeah like a little more like g-rated version of, of full metal jacket yeah it just kind of carries like i feel like larry was like educating people about things in the military in an innocent way, like you're saying. Mm. Yeah. So here's, so like the robot activates and it act, it like turns on all the, uh, like the security things, all like the doors jam shut with the Jones in different rooms. This reminded me of like the vision in WandaVision, like being like all splayed out on the table and then, you know, oh, coming yeah. together. And that was yeah, like, that... Th- that was a riff on that something that actually happened in the X-Men comics, I think. Right. It, yeah. It was uh, like, no, it was in a West coast, on? West coast Avengers. Ah, actually. West coast. Avengers. It was a total taken right out of that. Yeah. That run. But classic. this is, this is a, just, it's just good classic sci-fi too, because the robot's hand is like, like cousin it, like, or like crawling on stuff, <laughs> pressing buttons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right it's like ash's hand and evil dead or yeah, something yeah exactly it's, it's, exactly. it's got a mind of its own and like it assembles a robot like by itself and everything and so this is kind of cool though because like this this is where you kind of get to know some stuff about some of the joes so like breaker i think it's breaker clutch and and like Steeler are like in one room and Steeler has to like they they open the door and he but he uses like just his strength like to pull the thing and like it's just crazy i don't even know i can't even explain it i guess very well but like there's kind of like a counterweight in the wall yeah that they say they would need like a lot of force to 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 get the counterweight open i guess it's kind of like in i don't know is it like spider-man far from home uh what the second whatever whatever one is when he's like stuck inside the shield armory yeah. and he needs to figure out how to get out of there it's kind of a similar thing he's just they're just yeah stuck but in he there. does like it i think it's this is like a cool thing to like show that he's the strong guy you know what i mean like and and then like but they don't have the weapons because they're all the weapons are in the armory which is locked so they have to try to stop this robot so the big thing is if this robot gets out then he can transmit the signal to Cobra, and then they'll know where the base is. Yep, that's like the 
that's the main thing for the whole book. So it's all just like, we got to stop, we got to stop. And like, they try to drop at one point, like he, they, they go up in the elevator and they try to drop the elevator car in his head and it doesn't stop him. They try to drop one of those, uh, what, what was that gun thing called? I think it was called like the Hal or something. I don't know what it stood for, but they, they missed him there. He, the robot is like shooting at them. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the armory, Flash and Stalker and Snake Eyes are in there and he's like, oh, I can laser through the door, but it's going to eat up a lot of the oxygen. So that's like a whole other thing. And so like Stalker and Snake Eyes like go to sleep, which I found kind yeah, of Yeah, so weird, they can but breathe they less. But also we just, we saw also that Snake Eyes went into the sensory deprivation tank in like the first issue. So he's used to slowing right? his heartbeat down and pretending he's dead. And uh, yeah, meanwhile, like Cobra Commander is waiting with a bunch of like troopers in a helicopter and they're just waiting for that signal. Yeah. And the, tr- so the Cobra can... troopers have the the lower half of their face covered in like a red mask, a COVID mask, if you will. <laughs> that was so if you will. Like, <laughs> how much I was like, oh, they were just like, they just didn't want to get sick. Those Cobra agents. Yeah, of course. They weren't evil. <laughs> can i just bring this up i suppose this is as good a time as any but uh, Very well. do you remember on the cartoon they were black masks like a you know like a classic kn95 black mask mm. <laughs> and the comic books they were red it's always very i, I thought that was i don't remember that except for that i i feel like if i'm remembering what the cobra guys looked like if you had a generic one that was black like if you got yeah like the action a, figures the were black yeah the, toy yeah, was, the toys yeah. were black and the cartoon but on in the comics they were red yeah. i like the so red pops the red, red pops. does pop maybe that's why they did it yeah i don't know it's a good point well, like, but yeah it like, could be classic so they're, they're, coloring they're going mistake. all around the pit <laughs> what it could be like classic coloring mistake like hulk gray hulk green Maybe, yeah. yeah. And then just stuck with it. He just went with it. Yeah, the so robot yeah, is kind of crawling around the on the, the on the. He's hanging on the elevator, uh, you know, cables and stuff. They're like really chasing this robot down all over the place, all sorts of weapons. And like, it's crazy because yeah, like they eventually kind of all come together. They. They actually set like a trap for the robot. Like it's weird. Like they throw paint on him so that he, his sensors don't work. And then like they they have like the hole in the ground that they covered with like tin foil, but because his sensors don't work, he doesn't see it. He, he <laughs> yeah. steps through. He steps on that, falls down six floors. We actually got to learn a lot about the pit in this issue, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of cutaways, and Herb Trimpy drew the pit in the first issue or something there too you know like all right. the different uh yeah the, you can see the cutaways when the, they have the the truck They're, lifts go all the way down, yeah, going down the, the, trucks the training room again so when when the robot lands though it shatters into like many pieces but the head sort of comes alive and he starts like like crawling and then they Flash shoots the head, and the head crashes, and then a yeah. lot of little like bugs, come like out spider of that. tracers, kind of come yeah. out of it. Yeah, they are. They're like spider tracers. That's what I was thinking of. And they and they pick like, them okay. up and and stuff. But I don't know why they didn't just try to get all of them 
when they see him start crawling around, but I guess I didn't get to him in time exactly. Well, yeah, it says Stalker there's 12 because there's 12 little holes that they came out of, and if even one reaches the surface, it's like they're they're gone. Yeah, so meanwhile, Cobra Commander's up there, and they have a certain amount of time before they have to go back because their fuel will run out. Can we talk about so the like, dumb look of these um, Cobra snake vagina helicopters? <laughs> like, <laughs> they look like they look really weird. This is definitely like Herb Trimpy imagination. Like I don't know. I guess I'll make them look like a snake, but like yeah. not based on any toy or anything. And then it's like, uh, next time, can you when? Destro is kicking someone off of the helicopter. Can you just make it look like a real helicopter, please? Thanks. Yeah, I know. These aren't really very... Yeah. But they didn't have a lot They're of toys at the time. Remember, this is only issue three. So, yeah, they are kind of weird looking. That's <laughs> for sure. But it kind of looks like a... It, perhaps a vagina. I think but it looks like... maybe a snake with a hat. It almost just looks like... <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a nice They're so on. silly. And it crawls up to where Scarlet and Hawk are up with their social tea. And one of the chaplain's assistants is like, oh, a bug. Oh, no. It crawls out the bed and Scarlet stomps it. Right, so the last bug climbs up through the vents up to where Hawk, Hawk and Scarlet are doing their social tea with the chaplain's assistants. And one of the chaplains sees it. He's like, oh, a bug. Oh, no. <laughs> and Scarlet just stumps the thing. I'm like, ah, don't worry about that. You know. And then they're all like, yeah. hey. We're used to having bugs around here. You know, it's a motor yeah. pool. But also the chaplain's assistant motor pool. Like, do these guys have to go to church every Sunday and stuff? Like, I guess. CCD? Yeah. Central Chapel. <laughs> Central City Dump, chocolate covered donut, uh, which made no <laughs> sense, but that was a word people use. But then, so the Cobra, Cobra Commander is like, "Return to base," you know. She's he's all upset because return to Cobra Central, which is I guess the name, the official name, because I was looking up the uh, the Joepedia, if you will, the Joepedia oh. first appearance of. Cobra Central, which is their headquarters, I guess. That's what a dumb name. No, this they didn't have an island, right? So I guess Cobra Central. Yeah. So anyway, then they're all like, "Hey, you know," and they do their little like, you know, it's uh, Scarlet does her like. It sounds like they were going bust on there, you know. Yeah, like, almost like almost like it. Even though they weren't related, almost like a TV show, like uh, just that little stinger laugh at the end, you know, just like, right. we'll just wrap this like, up with a little cute little joke and scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because that's kind of how if they were doing these stories, you know, one by one, it's like it's almost like they have to come up with something at the end. You can't just be like, OK, you know, you like. Boom! Like you have to have a stinger, like you said, or you got to end on the button. Is what I was told in screenwriting class. Right. That's right. So you got to have something. You can't just. I mean, I guess you could, but. You, and in this instance, they needed like you know something. 
So. I, I gotta say this um Joepedia is pretty crazy because it says featured characters and then numbers indicate order of appearances. So like I guess they just went through the panels and counted them like breakers in ten panels, clutches in four, general flags in eleven, cobra commanders in twelve. Like, wow. Hmm. Wow you guys. It's weird. People love G.I. Joe. <laughs> they do. People do love G.I. Joe. I guess you're right. People love everything. Well, I hope they're listening, and I hope we're doing it justice. <laughs> um, all right. So issue four, moving along. Moving moving, moving right, right along. along. How about I um, crack open the old after action report book here? Okay, here we are. Issue four, Operation Wingfield. Yeah. Script Larry Hama, plot and art Herb Trimpey. Inks, John D'Agostino, and Jack Abel. Editor, Tom DeFalco, who will later become editor-in-chief, but then Commander, taking it away from you, Durson. Jim Shooter from Jim Shooters? Jim Shooters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking on Marvel, like the Marvel Wiki, by the way. Um, oh, yeah? They, and it, So, yeah, that's what I'm on for. It's kind of like Joepedia, a little less... You know one thing that I found interesting, actually? So they list the location as Earth 91274. Isn't that 91274? I wonder yeah. what that stands for. I don't know. But, like, obviously, in, if you're into Marvel Comics, Earth 616 is, like, the main Marvel universe. And G.I. Joe is Earth 91274. So even though Spider-Man appeared... Oh, no, wait, I'm thinking Transformers. Well, I guess they, I don't know, 91274. So they don't, they're not in the same universe as all the, I don't know, whatever. It's, again, comic book nerdy stuff. I think, it, yeah, but, it that is like something about the Transformers G.I. Joe universe. And there's a whole bunch of stuff here like Megaverse yeah. and Omniverse and stuff. But let's just say that's where G.I. Joe and Transformers live because <laughs> they yeah. did a crossover. Has and that girl. was some other Spider-Man that was in that one. Spider-Man? Here's one thing I want to bring up, too, which we did not bring up with the last issue, but this is fine. We'll bring it up now because the it's cover art by Bob Hall and Al Milgram. Yes. So the cover for issue four here is kind of a generic sort of just like cover. It's kind of and interesting. Just, it's just a pinup, but I mean, I bet you would have been yeah. excited to see that if you're like G.I. Yeah, Joe, look at the first issue. You know, it's like kind of yeah. the same as the first. And, I, and this guy actually on the cover isn't, um, he isn't anybody. He's not. A That's what character. I was just going to say. He's, he's not anybody. He's a guy <laughs> with like in a beret with a gun. He's got snake eyes and Scarlet and Stalker and all this next to him and everything. So you assume he's a G.I. Joe guy, but he's not like. Not <laughs> next like panel, Hawk. he's shot dead. And then no one ever talks to him about him. <laughs> like, and then like everybody's like, Snake Eyes is like signing to Scarlet, like, don't go out in front, wait for cover. You know, this is what yeah. happens. <laughs> Maybe they accidentally shot him by mistake. Yeah, he's he's nobody. I think Rock and Roll got a little itchy trigger figure, friendly fire from Rock and yeah, Roll. I mean, maybe. Is that that's why they didn't want to talk? That's why they didn't want to talk about it because they, they were the ones who shot. Have the vest, or is that Zap? Who's Zap? 
Flash has like the red thing oh, on okay. his chest. But um, yeah, but here we are in Montana. Right. So this so this guy, it, it starts off with like this sort of thing. This guy is like. It's like a, a military, paramilitary thing. It's like these guys are sort of like, you know, like, like not like real military, but it's like, ah, well, when it's the like world, a militia. you know, it's like a yeah, militia. militia. That's the word. When the world ends, you're going to know, you know, what to do kind of thing. Yeah. This guy, Wingfield, what's his name? Commander Wingfield. He's got one of these curly Q mustaches. And you it's almost very, think uh, if you're yeah. a, a G.I. Joe fan of a certain age, you're like me and you like look at this and you're like, wait, is that Sergeant Slaughter? And then you're like, no, no, it's not Sergeant Slaughter. Well, no, they cut on. to this. So like, yeah, this guy's doing this his whole big rant and he's like, come on, move it. And then like it's kind of like Star Trek four where, where Hawk comes in and says, OK, stop the projector. And it's really just G.I. Joe watching film of this guy. And uh you know, they got to go in and take him out because they think that he's sort of funneling troops to Cobra. Right, right. Like he's training them and then, yeah, yeah sending them that way. Yeah. So they're like, so Hawk and Grunt go undercover to like investigate, you know, what he's doing. Meanwhile, Snake Eyes is going to be like their like eye in the sky, man in the chair kind of thing. Right, uh, right. He's going to. He's going to poke Just, around a little bit yeah. while they're bunking up with these guys. And of course, the funny thing, too, again, classic G.I. Joe, Grunt is like, well, I hope I don't have to You know, you're the ranger. He says something to Stalker about, you're the ranger. And then Hawk's like, okay, Grunt, you and I are going in. He's like, oh, man. You know, kind of like <laughs> I already went through basic training once. Right. <laughs> That's what he said. So, yeah, they go. The, the one thing that I found kind of funny is that they show up and, like, these guys that this guy's training are they're in much worse shape than, than they have to make it look like they're not they're, they don't they can't run as fast. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. They can't they, run. They have to. Uh, yeah, yeah. They sort of have to do the Superman, like, pull your punches kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Right. And so they have to, like, dog it or whatever. And meanwhile, the, the other thing that I found really stupid, actually, well, I won't say stupid, but it's still silly. But Snake Eyes, I like, well, the one thing is Snake Eyes is keeping like sort of a journal. <laughs> yeah, so kinda, which I don't think he ever does anymore. I think this is like no. a one time thing. He's like, Snake Eyes Recon Report. And just, he has nice cursive handwriting. <laughs> Observed Hawk and Grunt. Two men with shirts off running. They are yeah, sweaty. he said something like they really unconvincingly slow in a most unconvincing manner. Right. It's really weird. Like I like Snake Eyes has got a little. I actually didn't. You know what? When I read this this morning, I did. I was like, oh, Snake Eyes writing something there. I don't need to read Rorschach's journal. I didn't even read it until just now. I like just skipped oh, really? right over it. I was like, yeah, I'm not reading that. I love it. He says it's sort of, yeah, rather unconvincingly trying to not look like, you know, like top field agent. Because I don't like, like that. that because it, it sort of makes you like force yourself to have a snake eyes voice in your head for whatever 
he would sound like because he's writing words out you know what i mean like that's how he would talk. yeah and i never really thought of it like i never i was just thought he was this silent type I never thought of him communicating with words whatsoever so it's like a little bit like disconnect for me no i i agree it's kind of a weird it's like a it's jarring in a way you know what i mean you yeah you have to now in your head canon as you like <laughs> assign a voice to snake eyes yeah and he because talks when you a lot. read like you know when you read captions in a batman comic like you you definitely like have a have a voice in your head Right, it's <laughs> like a it Batman is. or Miles or Spider Man, anybody. Like you're just kind of like everybody has a sort of voice, you know. But Snake yeah. Eyes doesn't, <laughs> right? Because he doesn't talk. This is it. This I mean, I wonder if the that one, was like I a her hand, thing and not a Larry Hama thing. I don't know. Maybe it's not something you're right. They never did it again. As far as I know, this is the only time Snake has never really communicated at all. He just. Did things, or he you would know, like, like do never... the equivalent of like you've watched like um, all of our flag means death, right? Our... Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. The, uh, like when Blackbeard has to sign the contract, he does the X. Like you've seen plenty yeah. of like Snake Eyes doing the equivalent of like X or like drawing out. I think there's plenty of times where he's like on the on the beach and drawing like the football diagrams and. And right. like you go here That's and you go there, but it's yeah, not really defense. like him talking. It's him communicating, but it's not him talking. Right, but like most of the time, like people just get what he's saying, and like someone will talk for him. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you know, like when they're very doesn't like his eggs too runny. You don't want to look out, crackle fruit. Yeah. Well, like I mean, like there's a whole scene where they're uh, uh, spoiler warning when they bury Quint at sea. Like while Bill is there, just kind of narrating what Snake Eyes is doing, you know, like it's a it's many panels of just Wild Bill saying, "Okay, now you're putting the necklace on him. Now you're gonna, you know, it's like a whole <laughs> right. It's very weird. Yeah, it's it's so, strange. I, yeah, I don't I, know. I, 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 we kind of went on a little rabbit hole there, but that's like that's a big deal, and I literally skipped over it this morning. I literally like was like, I'm not reading any of that. Like, I need to get on with reading. Well, because originally, yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, Snake Eyes is writing. But when you like, then then they have all these captions of him saying like, I'm gonna go and do this. I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm going underneath the fence. Like, funny thing is, he apparently cuts the fence. There's like a dude standing right there. I don't know how that guy didn't hear him cut. Well, I mean, when you Snake cut wires, ninja, man. I know, but I mean wires. Maybe you know he what had the uh, maybe he had the like thing from the first GI Joe movie where he just melted the fence open. Maybe he did. Oh, but he, I think he literally says, "It says right here. I'm reading it right now. It says we'll coordinate <laughs> wire cutting with highest levels of nocturnal insect noise." <laughs> That's <What>? brilliant. That's <laughs> There's brilliant. no way. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, Snake Eyes gets in. Like Hawk and Grunt are like, oh, they're all. They they eventually figure out that there is like a nuclear missile underneath this thing, and this guy wants to launch a nuclear missile at Russia so that Russia will launch a nuclear missile at the United States. And mutually assured destruction, classic Cold War stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is 1982, but 
It could very well be 2022, let's face it. But, uh, yeah. So they're like, wait a minute. So we should point out that this guy has two... He's got, like... He's the he's like the, the guy in charge, but there's this married couple that is also his, like... They're, like, his second-in-command. And they're kind of like, well, I don't know. But... They're like having um, a little militia threesome. <laughs> yes, but there's some dissension. The throuple. Anyway, they figure out that Hawk and Grunt are not, are not, uh, you know, are infiltrating them. And there's like a whole fight they're scene not and they're the beating them up, all yeah. up because these guys aren't as good as them. At one point, Grunt picks a guy up over his head and chucks him at the other guys. Meanwhile, so Snake Eyes goes to the communication things and he does a little uh, Morse code. Get the, uh, you know. So they're like, okay, we're going to send in the troops. But meanwhile, the plane with the, the nuke takes off and Hawk goes after it. Hawk's like, all right, I'll get him. It's an interesting thing, actually, I think, that Hawk, so Hawk flies after it in, in another plane. He wants to shoot him down. And there's like a guy, like, you know, flying the plane. And Hawk is, Hawk like shoots the plane down. He's like, okay, jump, jump. And the guy doesn't jump out and he crashes and dies. And Hawk seems kind of like bummed about these. He just killed the guy. Yeah. Because these aren't like real Cobra agents. Yeah. No, no, they're just, yeah. They're not even yeah. Freds. They're not even Freds. I, I guess they're this just... is like proto Freds. These are like sort of Monday morning quarterbacks, though. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of like, uh, like they don't really even know what they're doing. It's like beating up, like I don't, even, I don't know, like innocent. I guess innocent people, but yeah. So he feels kind of bad. Like they're not totally innocent. Well, the, but he's here's the thing bad. that they mentioned that I thought was pretty weird. Like at the beginning, they say that when, um, that when, like somebody signs up for this militia this Wingfield guy sort of like makes them forces their families and children to join them on the camp for the training and everything, because it's sort of like to keep like sort of mind control, like manipulation, like gaslight the family into thinking what these people are doing is right. It's like, right. It's like kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's kind of like a hostage situation too. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, potential exactly. Yeah. 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 It is really fucked up. And like, I don't want to, get political here but i mean like i don't know you, you we could if we wanted well to. there's <laughs> i mean you could go back to even before the 2016 election there was like all these militias in, in montana or like you know it's way out in the woods like in like michigan it's like these people you know people that were that were in the insurrection you know like put these like right. fucking like fake things on and they think they're a part of a they think they're in G.I. Joe, basically, you know, basically what I mean? or whatever Operation Wingfield, whatever this guy. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to bring up January 6th, but this is these are the kind of people probably. Yeah. I know? mean, it's it's I don't even think you're being like political when you say that. It's just sort of the facts. Like, these are the kind of extreme political militias. I've watched yeah. like a few like things on like Vice News where they like not infiltrate they're like yeah they're like grunt and uh they like infiltrate no they like just interview these people and these people just like the, they'll tell you everything about all the stuff that they believe in and they're like yeah we go out and we 
do training exercises on the weekend and we shoot M16 and teach our kids how to clean the guns like snake eyes. And stuff. Well, because these like, wow. people, I mean, this is crazy because this is 1982, like you said, but yeah, this is totally, they're totally people like this, like I said, in, in 2020. They've been a long time. Like, They've been around a long time. These people, right, like really believe that like when the world, like when shit hits the fan, they're going to be ready. They're the ones who are going to be ready. Yeah. And and this guy is trying to start nuclear war. And when like everything is blown to shit, his guys will they, be like, okay. They take because... advantage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They could. They will be. Yeah, they'll be. They'll yeah, be able to survive. That, yeah. They'll be able right. to survive because they're rare. He trained them and whatever. It's so crazy. And this is before Red Dawn, the movie, right? I guess that's a little different but like i think they're kind of eight that was like 86 i think 84 84 okay so yeah Yeah. but it's like it's not like it's the same but like i i mean when i was growing up there was nothing bigger than red dawn like yeah that was was pretty big oh and i mean i've been like I, I've been saying we should do like a, a war movie. We should maybe do fucking Red Dawn because yeah. I know that movie inside and out, and I love it. But yeah, I remember I, that's kind of like when I what appealed to me about like GI Joe is like I I thought my, myself to be a little bit of a cartoony. Like maybe I'll join the military. I don't know. Like could I be part of GI Joe? And then you see Red Dawn, and you're like, maybe I could live in the woods. And, hunt deer (laughs) you know what i mean like kind of a little bit of a you know super patriotic like kind of fantasy like the thing that appeals to me about jejo is the lightheartedness of it for sure but like there's definitely like i was a boy scout and like i was really into this stuff when i was a little kid you know not that i was going to join a militia i'm just saying like Mm -hmm. when red dawn came out and and i was reading jejo comics like i was super into it plus we had the russia is the enemy in the Cold War right. and everything. So it was kind of a little oh, bit no. more like a, you know, wave American flag kind of in a different way, sort of, back then. No, I I, I remember those days, yeah. I mean, like, seriously, like, World War Three, we were pretty sure Russia was, you know, we were going to start World War Three. Like, the United States and Russia are going to have a, a World War Three, basically. <laughs> Yeah, and like, I, didn't you thing. like look out of like I looked out of North Dakota school window, thinking like, man, I'm gonna look out there one day, and there's gonna be Russian paratroopers like flying into our, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I was just I fantasizing mean, about. It. I just thought that was gonna happen all the time. I was like, yeah, I kind of thought. And like, I was what would I do? It. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna be the kid that survives. I'm gonna figure out. I'm gonna hide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, our little. That's what you school. do when you're a little kid. But yeah, total fantasy yeah, right. about this. Yeah, I mean, but we also yeah. lived pretty close to an air force base. That's true, and like, there was also a little tower near our school that was like a civil defense tower that had the alarm in it, and it had a follow yeah. shelter. Not that they ever yeah. rang that alarm, but it's like that's no nuclear alarm goes off. That's that fallout shelter right there behind the drugstore is like gonna go off and. We're gonna have to go into the basement. Yeah, well, we would have all. It been is pretty fucked up that but... we did live through the Cold War. <laughs> you know, it is. we were kind of. I didn't. Under, I was pretty young. I mean, we were all. We were about the same age, of course, but like, ins and outs of it. But man, yeah, 
What did you say? You, you didn't understand the ins and outs of it? I, what the political, you know, yeah, like right, things right, that were right. really going on between the nations. Like, yeah. What was really going on? I just thought it would be shooting, you know, and like people were going to come and shoot things, you know what I mean? I didn't know. Yeah. The Cold War made like no sense to me as far as like what was really going on. I just thought it would be like a movie, like Red Dawn, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Back to G.I. Joe for a second. But like, yeah, so the there is like a, a like I said, there was some dissension and eventually the woman, Sherry, she ends up shooting the commander Wingfield. So after he starts, he, he sets the timer on the bomb to blow up. They're going to blow up. He's just going to blow up the United States. He's not going to launch it at Russia. He just wants to blow the damn thing up and create a big hole in the middle of Montana. Right. But she shoots him in the back, and then the Joes burst in, and she's like, um, yeah, by the way, we're all screwed because he's going to detonate this bomb. And then like they do sort of more G.I. Joe stuff, like cool G.I. Joe stuff. Zap is there. Like Zap is the the – the ordnance guy, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to look up a picture of Zap. He has like a. He's got the little porn. He kind of has a, a. Yeah, he has a. He's not bazooka, but he has a bazooka in like the original like figure card. Right. No, he was the original bazooka guy, but yeah, he was kind of the guy with the explosives and everything, and like they have also, to carefully. In the eighties, we talked about bazookas a lot in the at recess. Like, wouldn't it be cool to have bazooka? I know. Bazooka was like <laughs> it came a up a thing. lot. It came up a lot. Like, more I than you would think. Sh- yeah, Bazooka Joe. You're right. Oh, yeah. I know. I don't think kids today talk about bazookas the way <laughs> we, we were so into bazookas, you know? But we were thinking about <laughs> fighting our little, when we were our own little wolverines and fantasizing about <laughs> killing the Russians probably like, oh man, it would be awesome if we had a bazooka. I know. Yeah, I can't wait so I can shoot a bazooka. Like, what? <laughs> so Zap had the bazooka. Yes, but then, and then he, he disables this nuclear device, like, within seconds. They were like, oh. And then they were like, oh, the timer was off. You really literally, you know, only had like three seconds left. And like, and, and then at the end, Grunt, because Grunt is kind of like the one of the main guys in this picture. He's the one who actually lifts the the nuclear thing off. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds it makes sense right. in the context of the the comic. I mean, I assume that that's like a real thing. I, Larry Hama, hey, he knew his shit, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, even if it's not, it's like fake. It's it's fake enough that it's seems real you know <laughs> right right they even to, like, like lift the detonator off the thing yeah it's very yeah. cool and then like we got another sort of end on the button moment where the locals are like oh look at them military boys you know and they're like oh you better lock up your daughters or whatever kind of thing <laughs> like lock up your women and wasn't it weird that like oh actually you're you're reading it I'm like reading the issue, and like the po- the first post box, the pit is like on after issue twenty, uh, after page twenty, and then there's like two pages yeah. of ads, and then the rest of the book 
the the final oh. two pages are after like I was like, did it stop here? After you know, Duke. It's weird. Like usually the letters exactly. page came last. Yeah, it's like not in the back at all. Interesting. But yeah, I was like, is this over? So hmm. then I missed that whole thing with the uh, the locals. Oh, yeah, that's very much the... the very last panel. He actually says. <laughs> Lock up your women folk. Which is, <laughs> which Best is you keep great... a close eye on your women folk, too. Yeah. No, the, sh- the liquor sales are going to go up. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so, st- <laughs> so stupid. But anyway, so disaster averted, you know, in 22 pages. Yeah. And then I think that even like. Classic. There's a little bit in in three and four of just kind of like classic old Marvel storytelling. Like, not that those could could have been like Avengers books or anything, but it's almost just like the the robot thing. Especially seems like really Jack Kirby to me. You know, just like mm-hmm. hey, this yeah, robot. He's building himself back together and then <laughs> fighting these. Yeah, guys. now we gotta stop all the little robots. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like very like Stanley presents. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that one a little bit Stanley too. I think presents. maybe more the more the uh, more the robot because like that was like could have been a script for I don't know any other comic too. Like not not right. that it's not GI Joe pack or something. You know what I mean? Like oh <laughs> yeah yeah, loosen a robot is loose in the house. We can't let him get out. You know, like yeah. It, oh, it, it seemed like yeah. something. Yeah, like we would have played in the yard with our GI Joe toys. You know, like oh, yeah. we'll just use this 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 other robot, and we'll use the GI Joe guys. And we'll <laughs> yeah, make exactly, exactly. So, hey, all right, this next one. Here we are, issue Stanley five. Presents tanks Stanley. for the memory. Tanks for the memories. <laughs> I'll do the uh, do the rundown here. Larry Hama, scripter, soul scripter on this. Don Perlin, John Agostino, yeah. and Mike Espo. Mike Esposito on inks. Yeah. And this one has a letter. I don't know. I don't think the other ones they listed letters. No, they didn't. They did, they did but they I just on, at least on I didn't, Barbara. Sorry, Wiki. John. I didn't mention. Them. No, it's okay because I don't think they back. listed him on the. Oh, maybe they did. It doesn't matter. So this one I remember, this is the first issue I think I remember John Hunt had a copy of. Uh, he, If oh, he was here, enough. he could confirm. But I remember, I think, reading this at his house as a child. Again, this is November 1982. But that's how old John and I are and how long we've been friends. So there you go. Thanks for the memories, Durst. I think this is the first time. There too, is a memory, actually. That um, that uh, not that not the first time, exactly because yes, you introduced the the figures, but the the Mobat tank was like they used to ship Larry the toys, or they had to have meetings and like put this in the next issue. So we got the Mobat toy tank uh, making debut in this. Yeah. Armed Forces Parade. Well, it's funny because they had a tank in the first issue, but 
they never really went into this much detail about what what it was about. It's kind of funny that they talk about like this tank, not like we got a hundred of these. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of like this is yeah. the only Mobat. Yeah, yeah, you know? it, because it can go underwater and stuff. It's amphibious. Right. Well, they they go into it like Steeler because they have this funny thing at the beginning where Steeler and Scarlet and a couple of the other guys are all there and they're shining up the tank because it's going to be in a parade. General Flag wants it in a parade. And they're and, like, don't uh, you like this Scarlet. big hunking machine, Scarlet? And she's like, can you yeah, plug Pac-Man she's... into it? I don't really care. Oh, yeah, she is unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they talk about like, oh, the, the you know, we can make the speakers are really loud and we could like the radar things the, and the, the sort the, of Chekhov's you know, speaker that's really loud. It shows up later. <laughs> right. We'll get there. <laughs> Chekhov speaker. Exactly. Yeah, they go through the whole thing and it's like, ah, like, oh, he wants in a parade. They're like, why is he wanting a parade? It's like, it's, you're supposed to be a covert group, but that's okay. It's because General Flag needs to prove to the Joint Chiefs that he's spending money on good stuff and like he want they want to sneak it in there. It's like this whole thing. <laughs> that General know. Flag needs to impress his bosses, basically. Basically. And then there's this like funny little sequence here where this woman or this guy leaves the thing. He's got this message in his briefcase about the G.I. Joe tank being in the parade and it goes yeah, like, to like, the airport. This is the weirdest x-ray I've ever seen, right? Like, <laughs> it's an x-ray and you see the bones for the guy's hands, but then you see, like, somebody, like, printed out a piece of paper, like, taped it to the inside of their briefcase and this x-ray reads text for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Did yeah. they, like, click enlarge? It looks ridiculous. It's so... Sir, like... am rolling Mobat past Joint Chiefs on Armed Forces Day will be in reviewing stand myself. As usual, I'm taking full responsibility. Flag! I know. It's so ham-fisted just to get... I, I would have <laughs> almost been better if they said if they were just, like, done verbally, but whatever. I mean, who cares? The X-ray does look pretty silly. But yeah, all these Cobras with the red masks are like, we have to get this, you know, to Cobra Commander! And this is a uh, this is classic. This is something. Well, there's two things on this next. I want to I want to point out one thing. This Cobra agent wants to get into this secret room. And he says, <laughs> yeah. "What's the what's the what's the code? Yeah, the code. The code is the Mongos too must die. And I don't know what that is or where yeah, they came up that. with it, but it's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> The mongoes too must mongoose too must die. So then they, he goes in, and Cobra Commander is doing this thing that they did a lot back then, and I always thought it was really fun. Cobra Commander is doing like target practice with little like GI Joe cutouts. <laughs> yeah, it's like cutting them in half. <laughs> they did this a lot in these early issues. It's, I mean, I guess that's how Cobra Commander got sitting, his kicks. He is sitting on like a snake throne and like it's way over the top. It's, I love yeah. it. Yeah, it is. It's classic. He's wearing the hood, which he didn't wear that much back in the day. So that's good. Usually he wore the, the yeah, battle. Either or. Yeah. 
and six uh we'll get there i think that's the one with the chrome face and the reflection right yes um but yeah like i feel like because the action figure was the the chrome dome he didn't wear the hood as much back in the in the early issues but he's wearing it now so yeah and then when he he gets word that the tank is He's going to be in the parade, and he's like, splendid. And then he shoots, you know, yeah, he shoots them all in half. <laughs> so shall we? So, yeah. He wants to be in the parade uh, now. When we get to the parade, like, I feel like these guys are in a couple issues. These sort of, like, military guys. Who the are Joint like, Chiefs, yeah. This almost yeah, yeah, seems yeah. like an episode of Veep, this, like, whole thing. <laughs> They're, like, up on this... <laughs> Top of this thing, we'll get there. I know, and there's this one goofball here at the end who's like, Oh, I almost choked, and I had to get a high, I had to get the Heimlich maneuver, and it wasn't for the Heimlich maneuver or whatever. You know, it's like, Oh, geez, like, what's that? Had to be some kind of inside joke, like maybe Larry Hama knew a guy like that, or you just brought up these (laughs) dumb nonsense. It could be a reference to the guy that was on the Joint Chiefs at the time that almost died. From Heimlich, you know what I mean? It could be a oh, yeah, things. right, or just nothing. It could just be that he wanted <laughs> to talk nothing. about the Heimlich maneuver, maybe he just thought it would be funny just to put it on there. So they're driving along in the tank and the float, and they're behind this uh, uh majorettes like this, like sort of <laughs> marching band. They're checking out this girl's ass, which is really, <laughs> yeah, it says. Let, let me say that I'm fulfilling the obligation of a military commander to keep abreast of the rear guard situation. <laughs> he's got like know, the, uh, sort of... he zoomed in his camera, his webcam to this girl's ass. <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's sort of non Whatever. Spicy. We should point out this is in the middle of New York. This, this parade is going down the streets of New York City. So, because that, yeah, that's that's that factors in, and they also make it a point to mention that this tank is not loaded with any, you know, weapons or anything. Right. So, the the uh, the majorettes that are doing the dancing that he was checking out, like they end up stopping and they they put something or they put like the little flags like around the tank. And like yeah, the float like that's a, behind them, it's what? like a big army. It, I mean, it's a big navy submarine and an iceberg. Yeah, float from the navy, and they kind of just back up into it, kind of or something. Right? Well, yeah, it opens up, and they're like, it's gonna swallow them up. And they're like, ah, and then we get the classic, it's a trap, you know. And those the that marching band were all bad guys. They all whip out guns. And, and they were saying like and... it was funny because they're like this is a kind of the worst drum and bugle core I've ever heard <laughs> because they're all Cobra guys <laughs> and they weren't really it sounds like they never played their instruments before today <laughs> imagine what yeah, that would sound like <laughs> Holy shit. yeah maybe they were maybe they weren't half bad considering it was their first time <laughs> anyway so they're like oh we got to get out of here but they're in the middle of traffic one of one of these New York truck drivers says. You can kiss my hubcaps, chump. That's a great line. So they can't drive down the street. Yeah, it's all blocked up. The trucker convoy is in the way, so they can't get through. 
So they drive the on the hot sidewalk. dog cart. Hot dog cart. They almost like get that guy when they go from the sidewalk. The hot dog. So the hot dogs flying. Links of sausages flying everywhere. Guys' hats oh. flying. I know. I know. It's like, of course, the links of sausage. Like they're all like the hot. They're all linked together. Um, it's weird if you look cents. at this. Look at this panel. Like the um. The the guy like looks like he's sticking out of the tank. I know he's next to it, but the, on know, both sides of the does. tank, they just kind of look like they're part of the tank. <laughs> he kind of does. He looks like he's I bet just Don Perlin was like, "You want me to draw what? What am I doing here? <laughs> Who are these people?" Because like, if you look, people. like the first page with Scarlet looks like she could be in Betty Veronica or something. It's like this guy's drawn like everything ever, you know, and there he. <laughs> Like, yeah, make this tank look like this. All right, I guess. Whatever you need me to do. So anyways, he, he goes. It's I, th- I don't know how fast this tank is, but apparently these soldiers on foot can't catch up to it. Like, they're, <laughs> he, like the tank outruns them. Right. And I, and I love this guy. He reports back to Cobra Pretty Commander. Pretty wide He's like, sidewalk Every- that has room for a tank and room for the tank to turn and like yeah like a parade of guys running after them yeah and then i like you can't run around the streets of manhattan with machine guns you gotta get that tank (laughs) so yeah they do like the the, they go into like a parking lot and hide like kind of like star wars Hiding behind like a an asteroid or something. There a tank. Right. How can you right. hide a tank? You can't hide a tank. It's just, wouldn't there be tread marks and stuff too? Like <laughs> yeah, that road like, into this. The, the thing is, like, yeah, they're running after the tank, but they're not. It's not that fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, what I'm I, saying. Like, how could it be that <laughs> so fast? I mean, every, I've never been in a tank. I don't think I've ever seen a tank move, but I get, you know, use, I assume they go pretty slow. I don't know. But they figured out that that guy was talking to Cobra Commander, and they kind of, like, used that to figure out, like, oh, the Cobra Commander must be here. Like, because you couldn't do, like, a long-range thing or whatever. Right, they, right. They, they figure out Cobra Commander's there. And then, like... They and meanwhile, Cobra Commander's like that tank is right there. Like you're on top of it. So it turns out they use that they use Chekhov's underwater uh, thing, whatever you call it, <laughs> underwater like, system. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they they can use. Well, that's that's the button at the end. Is they tell you how they they fooled them. Right, but they go under the lake in the middle of the the. Of the middle yeah, of Central yeah, Park. Because it is amphibious. They want these kids to buy these bobats and get them wet in the bathtub and then buy a ton of G.I. Joe toys. Oh, I totally did, too. I did buy a mobat. I had a mobat. <laughs> See? Yeah, so they're under, like, the Cobra Grant is like, you are right on top of the tank. And they're like, I don't know where it is. And they're standing next to, like, the lake. And there are three kids, like, in a rowboat in the middle of the lake. And they're like, look at those nerds in a marching band. <laughs> <laughs> and then the tank just comes out underneath them. Kind of like, um, like, yow! James Bond, right? It's like, 
right up on into the city square from in the right, middle of the lake. Like golden eye. And now here's here's Chekhov's sound system. This has to be one of the dumbest <laughs> things, but right? I mean, come on. I love no, this comic. Dumb, I love, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love G.I. Joe. So this tank, which is not loaded, shoot, it goes like blam. And they go, ah, those guys all run. Or no, they drop their weapons. They don't run. They drop their weapons and surrender to a tank that didn't shoot anything. But Steeler's like, hey, I'll shoot you and I'll turn you into a fine red mist. That's pretty good. Jeez. <laughs> so they all surrender. Meanwhile, they drive back to where General Flag is. They're like, that tank looks like crap. It looks like it's all covered in mud. What's the matter with it? And they were, he's like, oh, well, we like to make it look like it's uh, combat conditions or whatever. <laughs> and they're driving at the little stand where General Flag and Clutch is going to drive right into General Flag, but then it turns out yeah, that's, you know, where Cobra Brainer is. So that's why I said it's like an episode but, of Veep. Like Cobra Commander's right underneath the, the Joint Chiefs. Come yeah. On. But his whole thing is to get this tank. Like he was already, he was right there. He could have killed those those guys at any moment. Yeah. Oh well. And meanwhile, like the tank is like, oh no, we're trapped under all this rubble. General Flag's about to shoot Cobra Commander, but he's hiding behind Girl Scouts. <laughs> and he ends up shooting General Flag in the head. Yeah, poor guy. And then running off. Him and the Baroness. And like this little Girl Scout's like, oh, they'll catch the bad guys. And like General Flag says, I wish that were true, little girl. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, all sad. Yeah, and he's like, oh, just graze my temple. They're back. Scarlet's like, you know, putting some dressing on his field dressing. How, you know, if you didn't have any weapons, how did you get the Cobra troops to surrender? And they're like, oh, the power is suggesting. We just turned up the volume of the speakers and they show Breaker popping his bubble. Yeah. And when then... he's multiple times been told, stop chewing gum. I think that's that right. was back in issue three. We didn't mention it. But he was we like, didn't mention, stop right. chewing your gum. Breaker was always shown with a big bubble. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. He's probably responsible for a Flag. lot of Bazooka Joe uh, gum sales himself. Everybody Maybe. Not only Bazooka. Not only did we like well, bazookas, malicious. but we liked Bazooka Joe. Yeah. For sure, but uh, yeah. So that was the um, sort of the end. The end part. It's like, <laughs> yeah, everybody. That's like the last. Yeah, like the. Yeah, they always have to end on that nice little moment. So, what do you think of revisiting these? It was nice. It was fun. I I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I remember specifically that panel where General Flagg is getting shot in the head. It really looks like he's getting shot in the head. Sort of out John a little bit here, even though he's not here. Uh, I think because the cartoon, well, you know, they use like lasers, right, on the cartoon. Yeah. I think he went back and drew 
Cobra Commander's gun shot in his like blue with like a laser, you know, with like a blue oh, pen I see, or yeah. blue marker. So it looked like he was just early color. Like, yeah, early. Yeah. John Hunt, who later became a comic book colorist. <laughs> so uh, there you go. That's how you learn. That was probably one of his first. Yeah. I could make this better. Yeah, exactly. I want to find out. I'm looking up the Mobat because I want to find out. Uh, oh my God! This says right here. Get this. Yeah. The Mobat had the honor of being among the first toys in the Real American Hero toy line. The Mobat included a Steeler action figure. Oh wow! It comes a Steeler. Wanna... That's a good one. Yeah. I want to find out though if it was. Like motorized, I feel like it. I don't think it was. It wasn't like remote control, but I feel it like does it say had that some it has of... super climbing ability on the super climbing action. Yeah, Joe oh. page. Motorized battle tank. You control the action, forward and reverse. Oh yeah, it was that like shitty remote control that we had on all our toys. In the 80s where it's like forward and reverse. It's like the only way you can turn around is you have to do like a three-point turn. Right. Okay, I do remember this now. Motorized battle tank. I feel like that's what the M... Maybe not. Maybe that's not what the M stood for, but... I don't know. I had this thing and it was cool. I really... I love it. And, yeah. I don't know. That was probably one of the first things. I, I know I had that. I had the... They call it the vamp, the jeep. Um, yeah, that was That's cool awesome. stuff. Was I enjoyed. What did you think? I mean, like revisiting, I, like like you know these. I, I think that um, there's something that I really like about that uh, issue three. Like I said, like the whole Jack Kirby of it all, like just fun, fun comics of it all. Like it didn't make need to make sense you know what i mean i didn't care it was just kind of fun <laughs> i feel like that one made the most sense out of these it, three it made the most sense but it's also it's the most fantastical i guess you could say you know gi joe right but in the realm that, of storytelling you know what i mean like they didn't do anything weird like have gum simulate a cannon shot you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but it's, so, it, i mean the yeah. but a robot isn't that's like totally like a Marvel robot, you know, like, right, that's, right. uh, and kind of a little superhero-y, whereas like, you know, a B-29 bomber and trying to hit the Vladivostok with a, with a nuclear warhead and a Montana, like, that's like, leans to the serious side where there's like, how could you have a robot in this world, <laughs> you know? Right. And this, yeah, then like kind of go back to a little bit silly you know i keep calling it an episode of veep for that that last one it's like oh like they were just they were just right underneath us the whole time right <laughs> and uh and then you have major characters like general flag and cobra commander like interacting and shooting at each other and stuff like that you yeah know? that was pretty cool so, so yeah but you don't yeah. get like like you know, we we are like grouping together like certain issues, and sometimes we might even just 
you know, call an audible and skip uh, an issue and just give you like the G.I. Joe yearbook summary or something. But yeah, these were three enjoyable ep- uh, issues and there's like a lot of snake eyes to love in it. But, you know, that whole last episode, uh, that whole last issue did not have really any snake eyes in it. Right. You know? yeah, it was mostly Steeler, Clutch, and yeah. Breaker. Which is cool. You want to give the other guys like the, you know, spot. Oh, yeah. No, I, too. And I, that's one thing that these issues did very well, I think, is uh, highlight certain characters. And give you like a little uh, bit of background on yeah. them, like in, in each of those. Yeah, a little bit more character right. driven. The characters. Yeah. And like, like I said, like, so like, you know, Steeler was the tank guy. You know, Zap was the, the bomb guy. Like they all had specialties back then, and it was, and they highlighted them very well. And really, because they, yeah. But there was like an innocence to these comic books. So, like we said, like there was, you know, I don't know, like they wouldn't do this now, or they wouldn't do that now, or whatever. I mean, but there was like a certain like, yay, like yeah. GI Joe wins all the time. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I think they were even, you know, like. Larry Hama, as much as he loves G.I. Joe, like he's always done it for like the paycheck and, you know, said that thing where it's like no one, they weren't giving him any other books. So he was writing it and just kind of. Right. I think he was happy to get this. He was <laughs> happy doing to a do good it. Job. And they're like, yeah, the, the, the thing to do like a licensed comic and that you have to sell toys is all part of it. And, you know, it's, it's, I feel like even though. Even when it's like later, higher number GI Joes and they're selling toys, like there's always a good story. Like there's always like something going on with Billy and you know Cobra Commander's right. backstory and Snake Eyes and Zartan and Storm Shadow's backstory and you know little romances and like Flint and, uh, and Lieutenant Falcon. You know, it's, there's always like besides the order of battle where I feel like they like really went way deep into like saying, Oh, barbecue was like from Dorchester and he did this. And they, they really built right. out like character stories for everybody. Uh, you know, just in the issues themselves, you did like learn a lot about the backstory of people like, like Roblox is from new Orleans and is a chef and stuff like that. Chef. You know, yeah. Right. They always, like, yeah. I mean, I think do a it good took job. a while. Like when the toys started getting a little more ridiculous, then the, the stories weren't, you know, like Iron. It took a bit of a hit when, like, they're bringing in things that did, weren't really, like, did, that kind of made no. Like the Mc, you remember the McFarlane issue, right? Like with like Zanzibar or whatever that guy's name was, and it's just like, oh, oh like, geez. yeah, like the the yeah. the other siblings of Zartan and stuff like that, yeah. and like Road Pig, and I mean, I love all that stuff, but it's 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 a it's a lot. It's, it's yeah. too much. And like gold Destro and stuff like that, you know? Right. When they had to start introducing 70s, things 80s, even... 90s. Yeah. But they, then, then they were like, oh. 92, though, they they go back and then they showed Snake Eyes with his mask off and stuff like You know what I mean? Like, they he continued to just build a world. He did the best he could with it. Yeah. That. It wasn't like every <laughs> issue that they were introducing new guys and new new vehicles and stuff just because like hasbro was making them but like you can here, tell when like, they yeah. do <laughs> though you know what i mean like it's because like sometimes he's like i'm in the middle of telling the story with like um 
the 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 falconer guy i think it's I don't know. His name was probably just Falconer. <laughs> it's like, Ripcord? but then they there was no. It was like, like a it's like a oh. Cobra guy, and he was like oh. so silly looking. And but <laughs> they were like telling like a cool like Flint Lady J story like in that same issue. But then they like go over there and be like, "There's that guy and his dumb like you know toy that like his accessory like you know glider thing or whatever." And it's just like, ugh. This is right. Much. Yeah, it got to be a bit much sometimes, but like for the most part, they would. Yeah, it would be like one little side thing, and then they would go back to like the main story. But back in these early issues, it was there was none of that. It was just like classic stories. Like we said, this was verse or X Files. It started with the X Files, but um, you know that kind of stuff, and. Um, yeah, they're fun issues. Now, can I ask you? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I know you're trying to collect all of them. Uh, where, where are you at here? Well, I have all of these, thankfully. Oh, very and well. then I've I've done a my cataloging sort of up to issue fifty, and I have most everything I need. I have a couple of straight up holes in my collection where I don't have that issue at all. There's one in, I think it's in the forties and it's a really cool Mike Zek cover. It's like stalker. And, and there's like, um, they're like in the jungle. It's really dark. You know, you know exactly what cover I'm talking about already. Like that one, I don't have that for some reason. And I, I know that like almost when we went to wicked comic con, I think I saw that one in there, but I didn't know I was missing it. You know? Um, oh, cause right. it, the, the cover's so cool. I'm like, I have to have this. And then like, I look and I'm like, no, I, whoa, actually I don't have that one. Um, I have some that are, I have a copy of it, but the copy of it is the second printing. Oh, and, and yeah. I want to get, that does count. it counts. It does count because <laughs> a lot of like, I want to, I would replace... say if you can get the first printing, you should get No, it. I want to replace it. But I do have, okay. I technically do have it. But I, I made all these notes. Like, this one's a second printing, or I have, if I have multiple copies, I, like, noted that. And it's like, oh, I have a multiple, and this book that I have, the After Action Report, like, tells you, like, if there's a direct co- a direct uh, version of it, and if it has, like, what kind of Spider-Man head it has on it, or if it's a UPC, which is the retail copy. Most of my stuff is just retail copies, with UPC mm-hmm. symbols and they beat the shit. You know what I mean? And then some of right. them are second printings. But for the most part, even, you know, I would say I have less than five second printings in that from one to 50. And I'm just well, missing that's... a couple of issues. So I feel like that's pretty excellent. good about that. Yeah, I feel pretty good. I, I'm way more ahead of it than I thought I was. And I still, yeah, I have multiple copies of that one with Major Blood <laughs> hanging up the bus. Still very... multiple copies of that. That's very that signed by Larry Hama. Oh yeah. You're yeah. very, very generous. Uh yeah, well the funny thing is, I mean, these early issues didn't have the print run was pretty low, you know. Yeah. Like just in general, yeah. comics in general. But so and then there were some later of the price issues guide, the print run. Some of the price guide yeah. things even say like that the second printing is like worth as much as the first printing. Like it's it's one of those weird <laughs> things where like they were so low on the print runs for the first and second printings, they still kind of like consider 
the second printing to be like a first printing in a way, just because there's not that many of them. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, it's just these, th- it's weird little, you. weird little uh, GI Joe specific loophole, I think, actually, because there's probably not a lot of books out there where the second printing would be worth as much as the first printing, but there's weird unless it's like a really and stuff. Key. Yeah. Right. Or like, yeah, yeah. Key issue or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very well. I mean, it's cool. It's, I know this is like a, been a long time, you know, like collecting issues of GI Joe at cons and stuff as, as we know, you yeah. do not buy them online. I try not and, to. I mean, and then I looked at, like, my sister gave me a gift certificate, like, maybe 10 years ago to some place. She gave me 100 bucks, and I bought, like, maybe I bought, like, 10 issues of that. So, like, from oh, an online good. retailer that I don't even think is around anymore. So I wouldn't even consider that, like, I'm, I'm not just going on eBay and, like, I need that one. And, like, use that right. gift certificate at, like, a mile high comics or something and i bought i like picked out a few that i needed but so some of them i hadn't even opened i had just uh, them. like this number three that i have it has a little sticker on it let me see what the sticker says because it was from this place and uh oh. yeah it says newcadia.com and oh i've i've sh- i've shopped there before yeah New yeah KDM. There's like a whole story fine, about that, which we don't need to get fine into. Fine plus condition, thirteen dollars forty one cents when I bought it from or whatever. But you know, thirteen bucks for number three, I think that's pretty good. And it has all these that's little notes. Good. It says one sixteenth of an inch max of tears. Inside pages are off white, slight bend, tiny indents, quarter inch crease, fading, medium somewhere ink water. It's like, dude, Let I don't care. You- story yeah please. well yeah but some people do some people really do let me I tell you a quick story about newcadia right apparently yeah. the guy who founded it was like a doctor okay and he had all this money and he really liked comics and so he just decided to open a website that sold comics and he did research on like and apparently the letter k is like a letter that sticks out to people like which what letter? And so he called it. Hmm. What letter? Just there are certain letters, and one of them is K. The letter. Oh, K. okay, yeah. No, you dropped out there. So that's why yeah. he called it New Cadia because he thought people would remember it because and like people would be able to. Like, there's no like significance to the name as far as his, you know, like it was there's no personal significance or anything. He just the he did research and found out the letter K was, like. Oh wow kind of a a thing something that sticks out to people and he like just had a bunch of comics and then he he started out with like one little warehouse and now he's now it's like the it's like the biggest one of the biggest online retailers of comics like wow i haven't been there in years that was really nice i actually it does still exist oh i get emails from them sometimes but yeah yeah that's actually a really nice present that my sister got me she was like here's a hundred dollars to on this random website because she like googled i need to get my brother a present or something he likes comic books and she sent me a gift certificate for that place yeah i mean it is one of the biggest it's true it's and it's been around 22 years apparently so yeah oh look at this it says complete sets a to z i wonder if they have complete sets of gi joe 
Not that I would. That would be cheating. I want my own complete set. But let's see. Oh, 1951. So many series. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of shit. And this this website is very much web (laughs) 1.0. You know what I mean? It's like, it looks so old school. It does. Wow. But hey, if it works. If it works, well, let me feel free to send along your list. I've got a few downstairs. Uh, Maybe I have one. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I mean, I'll finish it because I like did the first like thirty, then I took a break, then I did up to fifty, then took a break, and there's only 155, and I I basically have I know that I have like 51 through 100. I just have to go through the list and check them all off because that's when I started collecting comics. Uh, I, I know the story well. I saw the teeth marks. Yeah, you comic. saw the you saw the actual teeth marks. Yeah, we showed so Larry cool. Hammer that too. Yeah, we showed Larry Hammer, and he he'd like to do. I mean, like the idea, I guess, that someone, as you say, we are men of a certain age, right? Yeah. And, you know, and he is still at it, and we, you know, bought those comics way back when yeah and he's you know he he influenced us in that way you know and so it must make him feel pretty good i hope it does oh he's always been super super nice and super gracious and super cool and yeah he's he's that way with all the fans he's pretty chill i like yeah i mean he was a great guy it was great to meet him if you have a chance if you're if he's at a convention near you i would say go Go see he him. charges for yes. signing, so like you know, make sure you uh, bring some cash with you and bring uh, some cash. Signed. Yeah, because you know, I mean, he's he said for a while he wasn't doing that. He he was sort of missing out. I think. Yeah, <laughs> if anybody deserves for me to throw money yeah. at them, like Fry, shut up and take my money. It's that guy. I'll just right. give it directly to him. Yeah, I'll buy That's his right. books, but I'll also just hand him money. Well, that's the, that's the key, right? Yeah, he's getting all that money that you that you gave him. He doesn't and have to go have through to, a, a company. He doesn't fucking you know? have to report that shit at all. If you get someone's yeah, giving you doesn't. cash for writing your name on something, you don't yeah, he's tell just the IRS go about home that. With that. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for GI Joe three to five. We'll be back. And soon our legendary for- Larry Hama brief interview. That's right. Check us out, leaguepodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got tons of League Versus episodes, What We Do in the Shadows, Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, anything, all sorts of stuff. So check us out. Yo, Yo Joe. Joe. Smells like bacon and eggs, doesn't it? <laughs>